Well, that was an impromptu uh, quick <laughs> call up from the bullpen, that's for sure. <laughs> Mr. Ian Reid, it is good to see you. I need to change your title screen because this is quite, quite ad hoc. But uh, Ian, how are you doing this evening? I'm finally here. It's good. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're finally here and we're, we're finally talking this game. Um, and quite honestly... A game that the Sharks, of course, lost 4-2 to against the Avalanche, but I think the greater picture here to me, Ian, is this is this is a little bit of a, a, a team that's starting to find um, some spark for each other. You know, I think this, is, this was a gut-check kind of game, and while they failed on the scoreboard, I, I really do look at this game as, as, a, as a building block and a, and a character kind of builder type game. What would what, you see from it? And, and do you see the same? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought this game, like it didn't end very well, but I thought like there was, there was definitely things in this game that I liked. I really liked the shark second period. Um, I liked parts of the third, although it very quickly went off the rails. I found, um, you know, I thought uh, Kapokokkanen had a really good game. So there's a lot of little things that I liked overall. I mean, it, you know, I think the score bared out the fact that this is the, you know, this is a not good team playing what by record is the best team in the league right now. Um, and I think that showed by the end of the game. But I, there is, you know, the Sharks for a long time in this game, they 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 didn't go quietly until like until the end. And then everything kind of just went off the rails. Um, I think really, I, I think after the 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 cadre hit. I, I felt like the game kind of really went off the rails at that point, and the Sharks just couldn't get back on. Um, yeah, but, uh, but and, up until just, that point, the Sharks, like, I give them a lot of credit, man. They hung. Uh, they hung in a game that they probably had no business hanging in. Yeah, that's for sure. And we'll go over a quick recap for everybody uh, in case you missed it or in case you're just catching back up with us. Uh, Puck guy just had some technical difficulties. Computer just kind of logged him out of Skype and logged him out of the software. So, um Puck guy, close all the Chrome tabs, dude. <laughs> but uh, but we kid, we kid. You know, don't 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 give him too much grief on the AOL guys. Um, but we'll we'll go over a quick recap of of the scoring for this game. Uh, in that first period, the the Avalanche really came out and, and dominated territorially. I mean, shots were 16-7 in favor of the Colorado Avalanche. I thought actually in the first five-minute segment of the game, the Sharks looked like they had a little bit of jump, looked like they were weathering the, the Colorado quickness well, but then it really was in that later center 10 minutes of the, of the frame where I, I just go, yeah, that's a tired team, and that looks like a team coming off of a back-to-back. Ian, I don't know if you if you saw anything different there, but star of the show is is Capo and you know, yeah. just saving the fort there. Yeah, I mean, Capo Kakenen. There's a lot of things I really like about his game, right? Like long term, like I, I again, it's an incredibly small sample size, but everything I've seen from Capo Kakenen so far in Teal, I've liked. I really liked. Um, I think again, like, you know, he came in and did what James Reimer has done for this team all year. And that's, he kept them in the game. He gave them a chance to, he gave them a chance to be in a game that 
they could have had no business being in after the first, you know, um, like there's a lot of things like Kapokakinen, you know, he's not the biggest goalie, but he, he plays well positionally. Like I really like him positionally. I like the way that he moves around. Like again, much like James Reimer, he's not all squirrely in the net. He's not, he doesn't waste a lot of movement. Efficient, right? he's very, efficient yeah, in very, movement. very efficient in his movement. Um, I, his rebound control is, I mean, for, for, for a shark's perspective, I mean, we don't even know what rebound control is. So, Oh my God, you were, that has, you were not like, if you were here, Ian sitting in my living room, you'd be, you'd be listening to, Oh my God, we finally have a goaltender who doesn't shoot out rebounds. I mean, I, 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 I tell you what, it's a breath of fresh air, but not only that, to me, this is one of those games where you look at it and you go, he put the he put his mark on this game. Like oh, yeah. the, if, if you're gonna say okay, who's gonna who's gonna be the head the head horse jockeying for that number one goaltending spot? To me, right now, Kapo Kakinen has inside lead with just the first two starts I've seen from him. Right, it's it's you don't want to get too carried away because it is just it just is just a starts. couple starts, right? Yeah, and it is yeah. a small sample size, but. I mean, 46 um, shots on net tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, making a, a few games worth of saves in a, in a game. But again, like early, the early results on Capo Cocken, and I really, really like them uh, so far, you know. And it's going to be really interesting to see what the Sharks do this summer because if they're, if they want to be competitive, yeah, like they say, like obviously that's the plan, right? The plan is to obviously try to return to contention, right or wrong. It has to be with what they've done. Right it or, has to with be with what they've done, right, right or wrong. Like I'm not saying, like, am I? Do I think this is a plan that's going to be, you know, uh, nothing but great success? No, I think it's a ridiculous plan that's probably going to potentially set this franchise back half a decade. But that's the road they're on, so it's going to be really interesting this summer when they've when they've got you know three goalies to try and figure out what they're going to do with like you have to figure someone's got to go so is it James Reimer who if you want to be competitive like it's hard to imagine you know would you really want to enter next season without James Reimer after what he's done this season now granted there's no guarantee that James Reimer is going to repeat what he did this season right well I have two I I have I have two questions for you and and I'm going to pose them to you this way first question being is Capo Kakinen gonna be a Pecorine type load carrier where we imagine him being a 70 plus game starter if if we see if we see that from him then I'm okay with trading Hill away and letting Reimer be the security blanket in a 15 to 18 game kind of start stint. That's all. That's all I am asking mm-hmm. from him and, and, and from next season. You know, if he gets 20 starts, then uh, that's gravy. I, you know, but, but if you come like, and that's the thing, like, so what do you do with Aiden Hill, right? Like, do you sell Aiden Hill for pennies on the dollar after you gave, after what you gave up to get him? Like, I don't think. That would be the worst thing in the world. Option two, question two is, if we then say, okay, maybe Capo Kakinen isn't going to be a elite load bearer, like generational type goalie load bearer. I don't think he's that. Yeah. 
then do we want to play a 1A, 1B type situation in goal? Because if we want it to be a goaltender type shootout, Mm -hmm. to me, the best way is to have two young bucks, both of them bucking at each other to to one-up each other because that is going to raise the entire floor of what you're going to get. If yeah. you're if you are wanting more of a safety net and bringing Capo Kakinen into, hey, this is your net now. You're you're king of the nets in Sharkland. If that's what you want to anoint him as, then I think you keep Reimer and you you say, okay, kid, here's your here's your sixty plus starts, sixty five plus starts. Go at him. Um, but if you don't think you're gonna get that, I'd say you keep Hill. That's how I look at it. Yeah, I don't see. And that's the tricky thing, right? Because I mean, obviously, like, look at and and the other thing that you have to keep in mind here too, right? And I don't, I don't think like I, I like I've liked again what Co- like Cochran is saying. But if we're talking like I'm not comfortable saying, okay, let's give this guy 70 stars. I don't. I think you could. I think you would you could split the starts between him and him and whichever goalie you keep, whether that be James Reimer or Cop like or or Aiden Hill. The thing with with James Reimer is like James Reimer's. James Reimer is a stopgap, right? Now, I love James Reimer. I've done nothing but praise James Reimer on this podcast all season. But he's a stopgap. So, I mean, like that, like the bar to be to take over as a starter for this team means you have to outplay James Reimer. That's the way I would do it. Yeah. Which obviously would leave Aiden Hill hypothetically the odd man out here, right? Yeah, carrying the pail of water. But I think you also have to look at investment of resources which uh, let i mean it was it was a little bit i i mean there were you know second round pick isn't anything but um mm. i think the other the other thing that i looked at though is the age and and well that's it like it, it, like james reimer is here for a, for a good time not a long time exactly <laughs> there you go there you go and um and yeah, AJ bringing it up in the chat. Thank you, AJ. Um, Joe Wills already said that they won't take three goal goalies. Well, here's the season. other thing too, right? Like the other thing you have to keep in mind too is the cap's only going up by a million dollars. Right. Couple uh, Kakinen's do a new contract. If he has basically the same body of work that Aiden Neal had when he got his contract, so you know he's obviously probably going to get something similar this summer. Obvi- like I, I can't see the Sharks grabbing this guy. You know, getting the RFA rights and then not qualifying him. So uh, he's obviously going to get a deal. Do you can you spend that much money on three goals? Like I know it's not a lot of money individually because they're all making like what a million, two mil, two and a half million. But it adds and a half up. Million, two and a half million, two. You, that's what I'm saying, right? Like three guys. That's a lot of for a guy that you're not going to dress every night. So some yeah. dead cap. And, and, and a roster. That, you it's have a roster to, space. The, the, yeah, it's, it's a roster the, spot, and it's yeah. it's dead cap, and you have to give other guys raises too, and you somehow have to figure out what you're gonna do so you can pay Timo Meyer. Like, so it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to to go in next season with three goalies. Not really. Okay, well, perfect segue there from the Timo Meyer and and Timo getting paid. I mean, he's just adding more and more bank. We go into that second period. Alex Newhook does break through, making it one nothing. Colorado and then you thought okay you know what the Colorado Avalanche are going to put this thing and they're going to put it in overdrive and tilt the the ice this way but you know Capo Kakinen doing a great job standing up to to 12 shots this time from Colorado San Jose did outshoot them 15 to 12 
But uh, Timo cashing in on a Herculean effort from from Tomas Hurdle, driving the net, yeah. cutting to the center, getting that puck over while he's getting pulled to the ice. Timo just laser focused top of the net. Nothing the the goaltender could do there, and it was just a, a play of beauty. And and that's why you keep those two together. And that's why I say, don't 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 break up the eights. Don't don't break them up. Don't 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 do it. Don't think about doing it. You just keep those two together, and then you know next year let them be a miniature you know Drysidle. You know it's it's Drysidle McDavid esque, and I won't even say it's like they're holding the jock straps, but it's just you know our version of the of the top winger and center, and they yeah. should be together. Um, yeah. No, I mean it was a good good response by the Sharks, right? Like again, I I think the one thing that. I really liked about the Sharks game tonight was they punch back again. They're playing the second of back-to-back, you know, back-to-back nights. Um, they got, they didn't have exactly like the greatest night in Arizona the night before. Um, so, I mean, I give them a lot of credit for the way they, they punched back and, and kept pace in this game. And somebody bringing it up too in the chat. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Alex Barabanov doing yeoman's work on that, on that line as well. I and mean, yeah. I, I joked around on the DMS. It's like, look, I didn't realize he had such slick mix because we saw him <laughs> dance around in a phone booth in that second period. And it's like, okay, the kid is tough, tough yeah. for a Russian. And, and, you know, look, I don't expect a lot. They're more of a skilled type of player that's kind of always been their bag. Yeah. But uh, he's tough. He's gritty. Um, you know, he's not afraid to go into the boards. But then nope. he pulls out slick mitts like that. And it's like the effort's also there. Okay. Um, you're checking the boxes for me here. I'm seeing it with the eye test. I'm sure his, his analytics are going to be, you know, driving play as well. Sign the man. <laughs> sign the man yeah i mean i don't i'm not sure what's going on there i think i i can't help i i have to imagine that this is a guy the sharks want to bring back i just wonder what the i wonder what the price point is that barabanos camp wants because i i think there's there is a point where i get a little bit nervous about that because again like nine nine million dollars over three years three by three or <laughs> yeah no that's yeah i'd be fine with that i'd be absolutely fine with that i just wonder if he tries to go a little bit north of that and it just makes me so nervous man because again like we've had guys that have come in and had really good seasons and then got paid off for really good seasons and then fell off a cliff and i'm not saying that's going to happen to barabona but man the sharks have been burned by that a lot i I, it makes me a little apprehensive for me my maximum is got to keep it under four million like that is my absolute ceiling for him, and and you know, look if the, if the man wants three years, twelve million dollars, I mean that's 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 I think at the max palatable that I would I would look at at giving him, and and I think what's fair is about three and a half at three and a half at three, and and call it a day. I mean, I think that that's what I would put on the table, and who knows who knows where the where the ball is actually yeah. you know and and we we don't know what kind of figures they're talking about they could be looking at no. we who knows who they're looking at as comparables but no and that's the other thing too and like and, and pg48 in the chat making up breaking a very good point like we don't again we don't know where the evander king thing's going to land we don't know what impact that's going to have on the cap next season if it's going to have any impact we don't know where that is so there could be that that could be a factor too in that extension not getting signed i have to imagine the sharks have to at least be I, 
I, I mean, I would feel the way I sit, the way I look at it, I'd feel very confident about things if I am the sharks in this situation, but like you can't, you know, you have to plan for every contingency. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in that third period, you know, going into that third period, the Sharks had some had some really good, you know, had the feel goods there because through two periods, you know, they had, they had kept the scoring down to a minimum. And it's a it's a one one tie. Um, you know, even even in the beginning of the third period, I thought that the team did kind of show up a little bit, but I liked their counterattacks. I think what I what I thought was um telling about it was every time that Colorado kind of pitched them down for two to three ships you'd get one or two of these breakout ships from the sharks where they would just you know go down and and really kind of try to tie the game up and and that's kind of what happened you know Darren Helm gets his um gets a six on the season Nachushkin uh with the assist there and and he'd get that three minutes five seconds into that third period uh, but Brent Burns kind of coming back on that on on one of those um, counterattacks gets gets a gets a goal off of um, off of a faceoff play. It, they had driven play down on on a counterattack, got the whistle, uh, drew the um, drew the faceoff back. Burnsy just had mm-hmm. one of those seeing eye shots, and you know the game's tied up again. And you're thinking, okay, yeah. the the Sharks are. Pound for pound, going with these yeah, guys. Yeah, again, like every every punch that that the Colorado Avalanche threw, the Sharks had an answer. I want to talk about the 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 goal against the uh, the Sharks, though. The the first uh, the, the Darren Helm goal. This the second one, yeah. The or the Rantanen power the, play. The the whole mess with the uh, the first one. Let's okay. talk about the one with the the Eric Carlson, um, the Eric Carlson and Melosh. So so. so. Riddle me this, okay? Because I know there's 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 a lot of heat in the chat tonight. Um, Eric Carlson's not everyone's favorite player tonight. Um, here here's my question though, and, and I think it's I, minus six in the last eleven this. games and five five points in the last eleven games. A minus six on that time. I think is the stat that was flown tonight. That that was the stat flown tonight. Okay, but my question this is my question: Why is Eric Carlson? playing on his offside if you're just going to put him with fucking Nicholas Melosh. Like, what are we doing? You're not putting him in a position to succeed, that is for sure. <laughs> like, I don't, like, and I'm not, I, again, this is not, I'm not trying to make excuses here because, again, like, like I, I said on Twitter after, the, like, Melosh was, like, just bumble-fucking around the, the zone. Tonight was his, um, probably his weakest game we've seen from him. Brutal game. Brutal yeah. game. But, like, and, like, so... I, so I don't understand why, like, I understand if you're going to play him on his offside, if you're going to play him with Merkley shift in, shift out. But of course, we can't do that because someone has to be accountable for when the Sharks do something dumb. <laughs> right. So <sighs> we instead we, we play him with with Nick Melosh. Like and look, I, I feel bad beating up Nick Melosh because right? he's a guy from the guy factory. We we know this. I, he's overachieved, quite frankly. Like I, I think overachieved. Yeah, I mean, I I did not expect the amount of game time he's had this season. I casted him as the eighth guy on the depth chart. You know. Yeah. I mean, man, I I'm not a fan of either like him or like, and I think Magna's another guy too, right? And it, obviously with injuries, like they've had, they they're playing much further up the lineup than they should be, right. and they're being exposed. But I just I don't understand like. Nick Melanche isn't even good on his on his good side. So why are we playing our like I don't understand. Like I just I feel like some of the moves that that Bob Bugner makes, like he's just 
he sends the sharks out there with with an arm tied behind their back and somehow they make it you know they make it work and they get competitive because they've gotten just stupid goaltending this year just stupid good like their goaltending has been their saving grace most of the year and again like i, I does Eric Carlson have to be better on that play? Absolutely. I'm not disputing that. But I don't understand how, like, on the broadcast, it's like, oh, my God, Eric Carlson, look at that. Well, Malosh bumble fucks around the zone. Like, he's not taking a man. He's just kind of s- skating in, like, like this with, like, a fucking deer in the headlights look, and that's that's fine. That gets a pass. Like, I don't understand. You know, I, one, I saw a lot of guys – bumbling on their skates tonight and i wonder if it wasn't a result as to last night's ice and how shitty it was and i wonder if it Mm. if it fucked up a lot of their blades um because we saw i I saw timo tonight the puck explode on his stick multiple times like he was making Mm -hmm. bum you know bumbles that i don't normally see from him then you see merkley blow another tire the same skate yeah Yeah. and then eric carlson again have an issue so i'm wondering if maybe the equipment guy they just didn't have enough turnaround time they got in so late who knows what it was but I, I'm still that that ice last night was just so dangerous, and it would not surprise me if they fucked up skates last night. So, whatever. Well, probably, yeah, that's I mean, my like, conspiracy again, theory. It's, it's 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 spring and climates where you know springs actually where I'm not here. Yeah. Um. So anyhow, I mean, look on that play, it was it was a cluster f, and I I yeah. totally agree with you. You're you're having a a coach and Bob Bugner who is not setting up his players for success and. And these are players that are kind of like Ferraris where, look, a Ferrari is a very performance intensive machine. You got to do a lot of necessary steps for it in order to perform like a Ferrari, meaning you got to baby it. You got to give it with a pair. You know, you got to pair it with a with a nice, steady, stay at home kind of guy. And you need to be playing the guys on their right sides of their, you know, yeah, their sticks. Yeah, I don't know, man. It doesn't. It just makes no sense it to does. me. What, what is what it is? What it is, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. I thought. Um. Yeah, I liked. I liked. Um. But on on the on the the second track goal, I, I I really liked. Um. Brent Burns' game tonight. I yeah. thought. Uh. For the most part, he was pretty good. Like, I uh, I had uh, very little issues with uh, his game tonight. Then you get the backbreaker, Miko Rantanen with his thirty fourth goal. I mean, they were playing with fire. You you go against the number one power play three times. The Sharks look they have the yeah. third best. They have the third best penalty kill, but that's that's a lot to ask for from from even them. And I didn't even you know, and I I. The I, the call was horrible. Like the, the actual was was, just, was a makeup. Yeah, I, I it was the makeup the, from from Kadri, for sure. Yeah, because I I didn't like. I, I was like, I guess that's a slash. I was really. I had to watch it like three times and be like, okay, where's? Oh, I guess that's a slash. Okay. The Ian, the problem that I had with it, and I and I'm gonna set it up a little bit this way. And I was kind of roasting it in the DMs a little bit because mm-hmm. I, I I was saying, look. This is all on the refing. We have seen so much slip by in the last week with the refing. I feel like they're already going into playoff mode here. And because of that, tonight guys were taking liberties with each other. And it finally bubbled over into that. Now, 
mind you, Timo is trying to do his best there. He's trying to get a hit back because they had been bruising on. Yeah, I, I, I like I know like that's kind of where the kind like again I said earlier uh, in the show like that's really where the game kind of went off the rails for the Sharks was after the Cadre hit. Yeah, and I get why Cadre's upset there, right? Because again, like Cadre's not like when you're on the ice, obviously you don't get to, to watch the seven replays and slow mo from six angles, right? Like he's just on the ice and he just. Feels like he got hit in the like he got headhunted by Timo Meyer. Do I think Timo Meyer intentionally went and you know headhunted Kadri? No, Did but he hit him but was head? he absolutely. trying to? Yeah, was he trying to hit him? Yeah, he was absolutely yeah, trying yeah, to hit him. Of course, he's trying to hit. But like you know, but did he? Was he trying to hit him in the head? No, but did he hit him in the head? Absolutely. Like if I'm Kadri, I can understand you know why he gets so angry uh, at that play because again like. As far as he can tell, Timo hit him in the head, and he's not wrong. Timo did hit him in the head. Was it a especially egregious or dirty play? No, I don't think so. I think it was just a series of unfortunate events that kind of just, you know. And Kadri's head, let's also not forget, Kadri's head at this point was already below the dasher, and when yeah. your head is riding that low already on the boards, I already cringe up because you know yeah. somebody's hip is going to come flying into your head, somebody's elbow is going to fly into your head, somebody's you know skate blade or stick you know stick blade or you know the hilt of the stick whatever i mean mm-hmm. once you get your head down in that in that zone that's kind of like the danger zone you know and and he was yeah. there and and yeah. you you're going to take the lumps and and that's what happened and again i blame it on refing for not you know taking care of the liberties up front then i go to look, these guys are now sorting it on the ice for each other. And three, you're absolutely right. It was an unfortunate set of circumstances that happened to the yeah. play. Egregiously going out of his way to headhunt? No. No. Incidental and did yeah. it hit his head? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I said, if, I, if I'm if i Nazim Kadri and I don't have the benefit of see, like, I'm, yeah, I'm pissed off. I get hit like that. I'm going to get pissed off for sure. Because, again, all I know is I got hit in the head and we're not supposed to hit each other in the head. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, of course, on this ensuing power play, you know, the, the Sharks are just they just break up, you know, break on that one. And it's a tic-tac-toe. Miko Rantanen just sitting on the side of the uh, of the net um, and Capo Kocken and doing doing the splits. What, you can't ask much more. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't really have any issue with any of the goals that that Kockinen allowed tonight. Yeah. Maybe the uh, Burakoski goal at the very end. But at that point, the the the. Yeah. Game came off the rails, so I don't. The game was so far off the rails at that point. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't put any like again. I think, you know, this was the effort that Kockenin put in tonight. Is you know, it's it was it was very James Reimer esque in the way that again, like you know, the Sharks were allowed to hang around in this game for probably longer than they should have been, and you know they were able to they were able to punch back because every time they they went down by a goal they were able to punch back. Like, obviously, eventually that luck ran out. But without Kockenden's play, like, this game's a laugher. Yeah. And, and guys, for everybody in the chat, let's let's not roast each other about skating mechanics and stuff like that. The only thing that I'm trying to just illustrate and highlight is we've seen in the last two to three games um, key defensive plays and mistakes happening in the own in their own zone because clearly skate malfunction skating issues um also we've seen a lot of whiff shots lately too so 
again, you're trying to put two and two together here. I'm not saying that that's exactly what's happening. You know, who knows? Maybe they're fighting through injury. Everybody's going through something, or who knows? Yeah, or the end of the season, yeah. Jesus Christ, maybe the the tape job was a little off today. You know, or they didn't, you know, give the fried chicken to Jobu the just the exact right way. Who knows? But you know, I'm not a superstitious person, maybe, but. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, the Sharks, you know, put up a valiant effort in the, in the loss tonight, you know, the, the avalanche prevail four two, um, and, and again, to me, this was one of those morale inspiring type losses where these guys shouldn't hang their heads. They, they left everything on the ice that they could, their goaltender, they've got they've got the the makings of the goaltender of the future and and you can see that that there's hope there's finally hope in the back of the nets instead of hindrance in the back of the nets yeah i mean the one thing that um i mean again this year i mean night and day from last year right uh as far as goaltending goes uh completely just night and day it, it, you know i think i think the only unfortunate thing is is that you know for as good as kakanen's been in the two and again two games but like he doesn't have a w for either of those yet and that's that's unfortunate so hopefully you know he can he can get one of those before this is uh before this is all done yeah yeah and um i mean look i think timo and hurdle continue to 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 amass the points and and i think it's just going to continue to give them confidence going into next season um, I, I really do think that this could start to blossom both of these two, keeping them together into, into possibly point per game players next year, you know, really, really going for, you know, above an 80 point season for the both of them next year. That's, that's what I love to see the end of this season add to the confidence and, and adding to, to the, um, confidence of that line too as well because Barabanov is just just been a revelation with those two now you look at Logan and, and you look at okay what does Logan need now to succeed it's clear that Logan needs a partner here I mean because you thought you know uh, one said number nine was supposed to be that partner for him now he doesn't have that winger you know he needs a power driving winger with him um, because, because we're, I, I'm seeing it more and more this year, Ian, that the, the physical effects of him having to draw, um, number one matchups is, is kind of getting to him a little bit this year. I feel like he's grounded down and I think we see that in the points reflected this year as well. He's, he's facing more and more tougher challenges and less and less resources to fight that with. Yeah, I think it's 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 hard, right? Because when you don't have like like the weapons that he has, like he's done. Like I don't I don't think Couture's had as as bad a season as a lot of people have ragged on him for. But um, given the given the matchups, I don't I, I don't disagree with that statement either. I think that that's correct. But yeah, I think like you know it would be nice like. The Sharks, he, it's, it's hard when, like, what's what's his, what was his line tonight? Like, he was with was Balsers it or, you know, and was Balsers, Balsers and, at some point. I think also what um, Gregor got yeah. a look, Nieto got a look. I, like, I, it's, it's hard, right? When you have, like, when you don't really have the guns to kind of separate, to kind of filter down right now. And that's where the sharks are at right now. Right. Like they've got guys, there's guys that I really like on this team, but when, you know, when your line mates 
are, you know, obviously you don't want to split up Hurdle and Myers that that they've been just dynamite right. this year together, right. right? So it's like when you don't have that other guy that can be on Couture's line, like it's it's just it's unfortunate for Couture, I think. But I again, I don't. I think he's done. I, I'm not super sour on Couture this year. I know. I know some people are. I just. I'm not there. Yeah, I definitely subscribe to the Hitchcockian model where he loved to have two stud pairs going together and then he would interchange that third winger, you know, where he had his two base guys together. He had his core pair on the line, whether it be a, you know, a hurdle and a Meyer or a Couture and a EK9 or whatever have you. But he would have that model where he'd have those two, he'd have two consistent guys together and then interchange a third winger. And what was nice about that was you could put like a Jordan Cairo or you could put a, a, a young kid up and, and, and somebody who could, could blossom with, with two stud guys and kind of it gives them a little bit of extra space. So people are asking, well, you know, what not that going to be um, Eki? You know, when Eki gets it here next year, unfortunately, I think for me, I, I want to see a more physical guy to help take the physical load off of Logan. So I want a big, I want a big mobile wrecking ball type player um, to help give Couture a little bit more ice to work with. That's what I want to see for Logan. Because when he gets a little bit of, of um, because, you know, he's he's very good in the slot. When he gets his mm-hmm. time and space in the slot, he's got a wicked shot. And I think we could see his goal scoring go up if he just got a little bit more space in that slot. And you need a bulldozer. Yeah. That's why, um, that's why Chloe worked so well with them. Yeah, I mean... The other thing, too, is, again, right, I think this is where another problem, I think, with Couture, too, is that um, Starks have had a lot of trouble getting the zone, right? And yeah. I think that's that's really hurt Couture this year as well. And I'm not saying, like, that's not – that's completely not on him at all. Like, uh, like he has to – but when his line, there. but when his line is on the ice, he, they do get blown out on the boards. They they they're susceptible yeah. with the board play. Yeah, it's hard to, to you know like you find like a lot of the when Couture's lines like I thought the thing with Couture's line tonight was there was a lot of one and done plays. Yep, they couldn't drive the possession once they got into the zone. It just burnt out. Yeah. It just burnt out, and and uh, I totally get you there. And and to me, that's why I, I I'd like a, a little bit of a, a a line shaker, a shit stirrer on that kind of line. You know, you know what I mean? Just somebody like a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'd pepper. like a healthy blue line too, because I think that would help a lot. Because if um like look um the the other problem is is obviously like without Brent Burns. Like again, I thought Brent Burns had a pretty decent game tonight. Um, with Eric Carlson, you know, like, like these guys have to be like when they, when the sharks need their defense to kind of activate in order to, to get in the zone and not have to spend so much time just trying to get the zone. And I think a healthy blue line would probably help Couture a lot more too, because then there'd be a lot more decent players on the blue line to help push that play to the other end. Good first passes, good breakouts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that would help a lot too. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Shaka. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, 
you know, we have kind of lamented at the loss, yes, but I think we've also tried to take both the positives and the negatives out of this one. I think we've seen some good growth. I think um, we've we've really highlighted goaltending and, and really talked about the growth of, of Hurdle and Meyer together. Um, and, and for me, kind of, you know, the, the next outlooks that I go looking towards in, in I, I don't know, who who's the next kind of up-and-comer you want to see from the Barracuda to get their next shot, Ian? Um, I I'm surprised that I keep saying this, but I'm really surprised that Joachim Blitzfeld hasn't gotten a look. <laughs> and I'm just gonna keep uh... saying that until it happens. <laughs> like, I just and again, like, hey, they should have brought him up today. <laughs> uh, at this point, here's the problem, right? At this point, like, the chances of Joachim Blitzfeld becoming an NHL are pretty slim at this point because he's been with the he's been like he's so far out of his draft. But again, like the guy, he's a guy that, you know, what has he had an eight game look or whatever? And it's like, I don't know, man, I don't know. I, I feel like he's a guy that, that I would give a shot to just because what the hell do you have to lose at this point? Right. But you know, I, do I want him up here instead of a guy like Shemilevsky, you know, a guy who's got a little more rope left? Um, probably not. So I, I, I go back and forth on this a lot. I, I wish Joachim Blickfeld would get at least just a tiny look. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, you're going to have a couple of them. One emotional reunion. One reunion we could just l- take the sour note out of our mouths at this point. But, uh, you know, on the second, we do have, um, you know, Joe Pavate coming in. And, um, well, of course, not eight on Dallas, but, you know, we'll know and love him for number eight here. Um, So it'll be a good and kind of interesting to see, you know, what Dallas is bringing. I think Dallas is kind of in a unique position where they kind of hold the cards to their own fate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got all the games in hand. So Um, and then, you know, for me, the next one that I look at is I'd love to I'd love for the Sharks to put the the fear of death into Edmonton and, and come and, you know, win a 4-1 game at home and, and get some you know get some good mojo back at home I, I feel like the tank has kind of been an easy place to play and and um again I, I'd like to see now the Sharks start to send messages for next season you know you're not going to be pushed around you're not going to get pushed around in your own division you're not going to let you know superstars walk all over you and and I think that Calgary game we kind of saw that a little bit and um I don't want to repeat of that going into next week um any thoughts on the next two games Ian I don't even know who they're playing next <laughs> uh, Dallas is next and then Edmonton is after that Dallas and Edmonton I mean yeah Dallas Dallas is going to be tough right like obviously the the problem with the the Sharks now is they have nothing to play for in reality like they have nothing to play for at this point but a lot of the teams that they are going to play like the, the 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 east is settled but the west there's a lot that's going to come down to probably the final game of the season to figure out who's going to lock down these last spots. Dallas and Edmonton are both, you know, fighting for their playoff lives. I think Dallas has the inside track. They have the games in hand to get, you know, so obviously they've got a really good record considering the the amount of games in hand they have on the other teams. Um, So, you know, they're not, they, but so even though you have games in hand though, you're not in a position to just piss those points away. So I think Dallas is going to come. They're going to play the Sharks really, really hard. And then Edmonton, um, who knows which Edmonton team is going to show up to play San Jose. That's the question, right? Yeah. 
because we've seen, you know, we've seen Edmonton have really good games and then we see Edmonton get just completely schooled by Calgary. Yeah. Um, Edmonton's a team that I'm surprised didn't make a call to the start and said, hey, I see you got Kapo Kakinen. How's that James Reimer guy? How's that James Reimer doing these guys? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand how they are going to go into the playoffs with the goaltending they have. I, I don't understand, man. I don't get it. Um, but hey, it is what it is, right? So like, again, these teams have stuff to play for. These teams are in a absolute dogfight to stay in the playoff race, right? Like Vegas is a point behind Edmonton. Oh, I know, I know, and 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 it's just, it really is a dogfight. Where I'm not reading this right, am I? Point two, three points. Sorry, three points behind Edmonton. Three points but, behind Edmonton, but, but, yeah, but I get the exactly sentiment right, like. Yeah. It's that that's no by no means is that Pacific third seed sewn up. And even the second seed. I mean, you know, Edmonton's only three points behind LA. Like the only one who's running away with it is Calgary. Right. Two right. Calgary is wild just... card? Jump ball. Yeah. I, I mean I think to me, Ian, and and maybe a preview of your picks coming up in the playoffs, but I, I don't see how it can't be Calgary and Colorado at this point in the season, Western Conference Finals, or at least the the um, the that be semis, right? That at the end of division play. I mean, I it's those two look like they're on a collision course for each other. They really do. Yeah, I mean, so the Sharks they're they're gonna have the work cut out for them if, because again, like they they can they can play the spoiler, but. Like, again, these teams, a lot of these teams that they're going to come up and play are going to have much more to play for than them. Yeah, that, that be is interesting to see. Yeah. And, and again, I think that's why I've set my expectations now. And I think, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, I think you should um, take the moral victories out of what you can from this season. Um, start looking at prospects. Start looking at the game within the game, because quite frankly, if you're just looking at that scoreboard, you're going to depress yourselves quite, quite, quite a bit. And um for me, at least, I'm, I'm looking for the growth here. So we'll go into these next few games. We'll see how the Sharks end up doing. Uh, again, there'll be a, a Joe Pavelski sighting uh, on uh, on Saturday, and then we'll get the game against Edmonton, and then we'll go into Calgary. So with all that being said, um, if you have not already, please like and subscribe. Also, send us some comments. Um, I know I did talk about this last show, but we are checking out for comments and mm. we want to see them going into the next show. We're not doing reach around wrap around anymore. So what we're replacing that with is your comment section. So, yeah, it, it's got to be in comments in the line comments not in the chat comments so that means you got to come back after everybody else has done their ranting and then you get to have the last word so just think about it that way um <laughs> if not um yeah check us out across all of the different platforms in case you missed us check us out on the apple podcast store on the google play store of course the youtube rewind you've got the soundcloud you got spotify tune in iHeartRadio. i mean it's just we're everywhere people and of course all of that and more tealtownusa.com Ian, thank you so much for shotgunning this with me. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, always a pleasure talking ho hockey with you. So we'll get uh, Puck Guy up straight and getting those uh, smelling salts <laughs> back in his nose. Uh, but in the meantime, keep it real. Keep it teal. 
Keep it real, TL. I'm at Eric Landy, and he's at Ian Bloggs Hockey. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you after the next one.